Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Critical Podcast. My name is Jimmy Good, and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me again here today. I appreciate you so much. I know the podcasts have not been as weekly as I used to do them, but I'm going to try to get back into it. And this week, I wanted to talk about something that I normally probably wouldn't dedicate an entire show to, but it was something that kind of stood out to me, and that was the recent, like, full reveal footage of Elden Ring's gameplay. Now, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, Elden Ring is an upcoming From Software game. They're best known for their Souls games, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, that kind of stuff. But this one, I was like, ah, you know what? A lot of people were freaking out about it. They really wanted to see more of it. We got little teases and hints here and there, but we didn't really get a full grasp on what exactly the game has to offer. And I think this kind of 15-minute gameplay footage gives us a much better look at what will be coming up now in February as opposed to, I think, January originally. They pushed it back a little bit, which, as I like to say here, for me... I say take as long with every game. I understand there are budgets and things to consider, but the longer these games get to cook, the better they come out. That's just the way I think of it. Anyway, uh, for people who are Souls fans, hi, how are you doing? Uh, (laughs) I bet you're excited about this to some degree, Um, but I will not be giving away any lore stuff because I don't understand any of this uh, or have looked into it, so I'm not going to get really specific with any proper nouns because I don't really know them. (laughs) But to give you guys kind of a feeling of what I've been able to accomplish in the Souls realm so far, I have been in the past, I wouldn't say an opponent of the Dark Souls games, I just have never really seen the entire uh, love they garner. I have played through um, a few of them now, and I totally understand and respect how you feel after you accomplish something, but I always felt like something with the, I don't know if it was the game design, or it it felt archaic, and I think that's very purposeful, you know? Uh, but there was something that just didn't it didn't grab onto me. I didn't really care about the story because it was more lore focused to kind of any narrative takes a back seat usually with these games or it's kind of left on the fringes for you to kind of figure out on your own or go watch a YouTube video of. Uh, so I didn't really care about anything. And the worlds themselves all kind of like they were different and I could appreciate them, but I was never drawn to them aesthetically. Uh, but I feel like Elden Ring, for me, has kind of turned a corner, uh, you know, as far as the Souls stuff is concerned. I have now played through Dark Souls 1 and 2 with a lot of help, had a lot of help from people, and I uh, so I've beaten both of those, and I played and beat Bloodborne by myself, which was a harrowing experience, <laughs> but I've not played Dark Souls 3, so if there are a few things I bring up here that are, like, understood now in the Dark Souls world where I'm like, hey, that seems new and it was a Dark Souls 3. I apologize. (laughs) Um, But I just kind of want to go through my thoughts as I watch this video. I actually watched it twice uh, just to make sure that I kind of had a good feel for it. Anyway, one thing that I kind of recognized a lot, and it still seems to be present here, is that in all the Souls games, it becomes kind of a game of memory. And what do I mean by that? It usually means that Like, let's say you're trying to get from one checkpoint, which is usually a bonfire or a lantern, to a boss. You can just kind of memorize where every individual enemy is and kind of avoid them. And while those encounters, if you actually fought them, might be different every time, they're all standing in pretty much exactly the same place. 
or the you know the dragon in Dark Souls One will show up typically the same way uh, in the beginning until later on every time. Or I think. Uh, <laughs> so, so again, remember, I I'm still I would not say I'm a huge fan. So if I if I screw up on any of these things, we're like actually the dragon is different each time. Uh, but it, it just felt like it was pretty scripted. There is a moment really early on in this game, uh, the gameplay footage, I should say, uh, where you are riding on your horse or ram or whatever it is, which, by the way, is really cool. That's a really nice touch, especially for a big open world like this. And not that Souls games haven't had kind of pseudo open worlds in the past, but it's more so, at least to me, felt like a bunch of connected corridors. This really feels truly open in a bigger way than uh, it ever has. But you're kind of riding around and uh, a dragon swoops down and attacks this kind of gathering around a bonfire with some enemies. And that, you know, is pretty like a kind of a scripted thing, right? But because it's out in the open, to me, it just feels more dynamic. And I think that's so interesting. And there's like this boss fight that you didn't recognize or maybe know was coming. And then it just happens. And I, I'm not sure about this, but because it's open, open world, like maybe, maybe, like if you don't want to fight that thing, maybe you can just run away and you're like, you know what, dragon? No, thanks. I'm not really interested in fighting you right now, <laughs> which I think is uh, pretty interesting. But, you know, we get to watch our knight or whomever the tarnished. Um, there we go. I use one proper noun um, <laughs> um, here today fight this dragon. A little bit, which was cool. Uh, but I really appreciate that. And then kind of continuing with that, with like kind of random moments in the open world, uh, when you go and you meet Alexander. Man, I said no proper nouns. Um, <laughs> I should say the, the giant pot urn guy or whatever. Uh, him just kind of being out in the open makes it feel more like Breath of the Wild or Red Dead Redemption 2 or other big open world games. And for me, that stuff is some of the most rewarding and fun and most memorable things that a game has to offer because obviously there are moments where you know they want to have this big reveal or there's a story moment or, or whatever that might be but it's those little things where you're kind of just like roaming around in the wilderness and you come across a situation and you're like well, well what's this oh okay you interact with somebody or something that you know was put there purposefully, yes, but who knows when you were going to stumble across it. Might be in the first couple hours, might not be until, you know, hour 25 or 30 or whatever. I just think that's so cool. And it just makes the world feel more authentic um, and more lived in than I think I've ever really felt like with any of these other Souls games. Like, it feels less like kind of, um, you know, you guys know I'm a Disney fan, probably, if you're listening to this, but it feels less like an attraction. It feels less like an on-rails attraction where you kind of, you know what's coming every time, which can be amazing and great. But in video games, I think I love the dynamic nature of how things can shift and be attacked differently versus just, yep, everybody knows this part up here sucks because this hallway's got two guys here and one guy's got a bow and arrow up here, like that kind of thing. It doesn't seem like that is going to be as prevalent in the open world, maybe in the dungeons, but we'll get back to that in a little bit. Another thing I also really appreciate it is that the world is populated with animals, like regular animals, not like terrifying, weird crows of death. Uh, <laughs> there seems to be some scary animals that fight you too. Like um, one of the birds has got like some 
I don't know, equipped talons or like these metallic talons or these like bracers or something. But it looks like there's just like animals out in the world, maybe for hunting or just, you know, just to be part of the landscape. And again, that stuff makes it feel more like a living, breathing world versus just like a haunted house you walk through and you know every time where the jump scares are eventually, right? And to, again, to me, that is really cool and I appreciate that a lot. Uh, and while the claustrophobic feeling, I think we'll come back into stuff we talk on later on, this more open feeling and kind of being able to attack situations in more of an organic or dynamic way, I keep saying that, but uh, I think it's really cool. I really appreciate that. Uh, and also, there's like a moment, too, where we see our uh, kind of the character we're following, our protagonist, is kind of looking down at like a little kind of convoy that's stopped or like a little cart. And there's some guards down there and it's kind of specking it out first before attacking and kind of preparing before you attack. And I thought that was so cool. It reminds me a lot of Far Cry. I know I put in my notes, it's like Far Cry-esque outposts. And some people probably are like, oh man, I do not want to deal with that. But I've always loved that in Far Cry or Assassin's Creed where they give you like a space out in the open world that you can approach from many different angles and kind of decide how you want to approach it. And I think that's really great. This next thing I want to talk about maybe was in Dark Souls 3. I don't know. Uh, but I know from the older games, like 1 and I think 2, with the bow, um, like a bow and arrow, because our protagonist kind of sneaks down there, he locks on from like a third-person point of view, but doesn't it doesn't like go over the shoulder. It just kind of is like a lock-on that um, I think it's been in the old games. Yeah, I think actually it has been in two. Maybe it's been in one as well. But it looked like it was more efficient. And it looked like, I don't know, it just looked better to me. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe, I don't know. But uh, using that, like making a special arrow to knock a guy down and then run up and kind of stab him when he's on the ground. I thought was cool. And using stealth in this game, which I don't really remember using too much of in uh, the older games. Uh, there are like, you know, stuff you sneak past, but like, it's not usually like you snuck up on a person and snuck up on another, you know, enemy and another enemy. Like, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, so I was excited to see a little bit of that. So again, a little more, it's, it's kind of getting to that Assassin's Creed Far Cry stuff where I'm like, okay, I gotta like, sneak up on these guys and take them out, you know, and that might, that might be good <laughs> as opposed to having four or five of them attack me simultaneously, which uh, I don't want to do. Uh, but then we get into this moment, which I really love, where we start to see, like, magic built into the weapons. And magic is one of the biggest takeaways, I think, for me from this whole presentation. There seems to be a lot more of it. Again, did not play Dark Souls 3, but it seems to be, like, kind of everywhere and in everything, which I love. Uh, because these games are so well known for their really um, strict and punishing melee combat. But... I like to kind of zhuzh it up, as it were, with a little bit of magic, uh, which we're seeing here. So, for instance, there's this kind of, I don't know if it's like a saber this guy's using, but he's kind of like throwing wind slashes. And you see another enemy kind of use a similar thing later on, but then also kind of doing like a backflip and then kind of teleporting or dashing really fast. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I think that's so cool. I was like, because you're going to find weapons in this game that you're drawn to just normally but then you might be like oh man but this weapon over here like i can do this with or maybe that's part of a skill tree 
I don't know. Like, <laughs> usually these games don't really have like skill trees like that. So I don't know if that's just, I would imagine that's part of like a weapon set. You know what I mean? But I thought that was so cool. And then after that, we get uh, like, there's kind of a, a roaming group that is walking around and our protagonist summons a bunch of underlings. And I don't know if it's just based on like the previous guys he's killed or, you know, kind of different summons that you can acquire. I'm not sure. I think that's great. Um, kind of lowers maybe the uh, the intensity of these fights and uh, the skill ceiling is still going to be super high in this game, I think, no matter what. But I think for newcomers, something like that, and even for someone like me, who's kind of not a newcomer, but also definitely not a veteran, can appreciate where it's like, oh, cool. Now I don't have to worry about playing alone because I could, you know, once in a while, maybe bust out a couple of my buddies and they can go fighting. It's kind of like in uh, Diablo three, they gave everybody summons. It's like, okay. Yeah. Even the barbarians like summoning stuff, which I just kind of appreciate. I think that's cool. Uh, and then we get into a little bit of co-op. I still need to know if this is cross platform. Cause I've got friends out there who are probably listen to this one in particular, Caden. Hi buddy. Uh, who is like going to be on PlayStation, you know, probably no matter what. And it's like, Oh, I just want to team up with people. And I hope, uh, that they really, understand and make it less of a barrier for entry to do co-op it always seems like such a weird chore and i get it because co-op can be a very powerful thing but it's just one of those things where i i hope we don't have to do this whole like do you have humanity or i've got humanity like we have to do all this like weird summoning stuff just like can i just can i just summon my friend (laughs) please 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 we don't need to make this so um convoluted uh, but yeah, and uh, besides that, they also mentioned that there will be player versus player, and then also invasions are still there too. So yeah, there's always that to consider. So if you summon your buddy in, um, somebody might also invade you, or some, somebody might invade you, and you don't have your buddy there either. I don't know, stuff like that happens. Uh, I had a moment in Dark Souls 2 where I invaded somebody else, and they were just standing by their bonfire, and I had to do it for a quest, or not like a quest, it was for an item, I think, and I killed him at his bonfire. Shouldn't have been standing there. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think that's great. And, uh, I noticed here and in some other portions of the video, there's a lot of like jumping up and jumping down and I'm going to use their term here, but verticality, which uh, a few years ago in the gaming world, it was being used constantly like, and I'm sure it still is used pretty frequently. It's like ubiquitous term, but I still thought that was great to hear. And there does seem to be a lot of it. I'm sure there's still fall damage, right? But it looks like there is more kind of um, jumping up and down and maybe just jumping in general. I don't know if they have a a dedicated jump button, but it seemed a little bit more like there was more freedom to it. Because I know jumping in past Souls games has been not great. Uh, (laughs) The... The platforming mechanics of these games uh, are not not stellar. I don't think they're supposed to be, but it can be so frustrating when you're just fighting the terrain and not only the monsters and everything in there. But I uh, I like to see that. I like to see that they're, uh, the verticality not only is in the open world, but also in the dungeons themselves, which we'll talk about here now. Uh, the dungeons, I think, you know... I think this is what a lot of people were hoping for in Breath of the Wild. And I think that's a possibility in the future. What do I mean by that? I mean, like, when you play a Souls game, you also still want the classic Souls experience with the the dark, scary hallways where things are jumping out at you. And there's limited mobility, and it makes these fights really intense, right? 
same with Zelda. People still wanted like the classic dungeons versus just the physics-based things that the little shrines that they had. And I totally understand that. But I like that the dungeons seem like they're kind of put there. I don't know how uh, necessary they will be. It sounds like there's, you know, extra bosses, uh, maybe some other, you know, gear and things like that that you're going to go after in these dungeons, which is great. Especially, especially if they're optional. I think that kind of stuff really helps where if you're just like, I want to mainline it, you know, you can totally do that. But if you want to explore and you come across a dungeon and you're like, oh, I went in here and I just got destroyed, uh, then you can summon a buddy, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I just love to see that. I think that's a great thing. Along with the fact that if this is a truly open world game, in a lot of games like this, you will like, there'll be kind of a level gating sort of kind of where you'll go into a zone you're not supposed to be in and the enemies will be way stronger than you and you can't do any damage to them and they'll one shot you or one hit you or whatever. But I am hopeful that uh, if that is the case, if they really do have that here and you can kind of stealth around and then, you know, maybe approach a dungeon that is a higher level than you, but a buddy can help you out with it, you know, or if there's like, some like they kind of sneak through the forest in one portion and it's like oh these monsters are too strong we're just going to try to sneak past them i love that because even with a friend it was like eh, i don't even i don't think we should even tackle this right now we'll go and we want to go after this boss instead so i think that's great i think that's really cool and again it makes it so much more dynamic versus it being like oh that level is down this corridor, down this corridor, down this tunnel, through these sewers, like, you know, really hard to get to. It's just like, no, it's right over there. I can see it. It's just the last time I went over there, I got destroyed. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to come back there later. <laughs> Which, again, more dynamic, you know, I think that's great. And not to say that the other Souls games don't have uh, branching paths and different routes that you can take, but they were so linear. Whereas this, to me, um, being so open, I just I think of all the, the cool possibilities and potential, and I think that's great. Then we approach Stormvale Castle, which again, thinking more Breath of the Wild, reminds me a little bit uh, slightly of Hyrule Castle, and how they kind of give like multiple paths of entry. Like you talk to a guy right inside, and he's like, well, if you go down the main gate, I wouldn't recommend it. And you see like all these bodies, and he starts getting attacked from a distance and goes the other way. And like everybody knew that was what was going to happen. I still look forward to people who up their stats enough where they can either outrun like the crossbow bolts or whatever or just tank it with a shield and just walk forward or snipe that guy or whomever's up there on the ballista versus kind of sneaking in the back door but they do talk about even there that there are multiple ways to kind of sneak into the castle or do um, things once you get inside you know there's kind of like oh if you want to approach it this way you can or if you want to kind of sneak in this window or go over here like I love that that's great again I think that's something that these games were sorely missing and that's where open world games such as Assassin's Creed love it or hate it um, had so much of an impact because of how you could approach everything that kind of freedom to not climb like you're not gonna in these games you're not gonna climb up any building but it looks like you have a lot more of that and that's a much bigger focus in this game versus in the past where you'd have to you look something up or you know someone would be like hey there's like a secret way if you jump over here and jump on this then you can get in here which i love i love that there's this kind of uh this it makes you think in a different way and it's going to make you find those secret paths uh, i think more than you normally would or at least for me that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, 
kind of jumping back to the summons, we see it again here for a second. And this fight uh, where this guy, our protagonist, uses an axe. And then he switches to like a halberd spear thing and then to a sword all in the same fight. But he kind of summons three skeletons to do one attack together like a super attack. And I was like, oh, man. So there's like it seemed kind of necromancy-ish, right? Um, or is that necromantic? I don't know. Anyway. I thought that was great. I was like, oh man, yes, that's what I'm talking about. So like maybe there are summons you can have that kind of fight beside you for a period of time. And then other ones that you just summon once and they do an attack and then they go away. So that kind of attack or maneuver felt very much like something a boss would use on you in a previous game. And I just love to see that type of magic be afforded to the player. I have no idea how frequently you can use these things. Maybe that's a one and done. Maybe that's an item. I have no idea. I have no idea. But there's that, uh, there's like this uh, this beautiful, gorgeous, like, arrow um, rain attack that uh, you get to see the protagonist use on, like, the the horse boss, or the, the knight, I should say, earlier. Not a horse, it's not a knight. It's like a knight who's on a horse, there we go, with his friend, and his friend uses this, like, summons a dragon head and breathes fire, and then eventually this guy uses, like, a hyper beam, or a laser beam, or Samus's beam, or whatever the heck, or freaking Kamehameha, uh, stuff like that, or I'm like, okay, now we're getting into more, like, I don't know, fantastical video game, like, worldy stuff, like, maybe, and for me, I'm a guy who usually prefers more of a power fantasy game, and I think eventually in Souls you get to that level, but it takes so long, it can be so brutal to get there, whereas this one, it seems like, and I could be way off on this, but it seems like they're giving you an edge in a way that you haven't had before. And I'm sure there are going to be purists out there who don't want to use this type of magic. And, you know, like in the Souls games, you are special, but also you're not. Like, you're like, you're the special undead who maybe will change things. But at the same time, uh, you kind of get through fights through your own kind of um, vim and vigor, as it were. And you can definitely go down a magic path, but it seems like so much more in this. Like, not only do the enemies have some magic, but like you have some really, really big magic. Not just like, I'm going to, you know, turn my sword red, which you do see in this one too. But uh, kind of thing where it's like, okay, now we're getting somewhere like you know, that hyper beam thing. Like, if you if you position that correctly, you might be able to take out a couple guys with that. You know? <laughs> Again, I don't know how frequently you can use it, but it was really flashy. And it was just nice to see that our character could ha- be a little more flashy as opposed to all the bosses having the, the spotlight. And that's another thing too. I thought the... Even though the clipping is there, you still have your weapons clipped through your capes and stuff. I thought the outfits and the armor and stuff looked so good in this. I was like, wow, this looks great. Especially the lighting uh, when you see like them using the torch down in the tombs or the dungeon. I was like getting a little Dark Souls 2 vibe. I'm like, oh, there are the torches, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that kind of stuff. Where I'm like, okay, now we're getting into something that is really um, compelling to me, something interesting to me. And again, if you're just going through there by yourself, I'm sure a lot of people want to do that, but I just think it'd be so much more fun with friends. And it's starting to get a little bit closer to that, like hope I always had for Diablo where it'd be like a third person Diablo and you'd be fighting alongside your buddies. Now, again, this is not like a power fantasy, like Diablo in that way, like, cause in that version, you'd be fighting thousands and thousands of creatures probably simultaneously, but this looked a lot more interesting to me uh, than previous entries in the Souls 
kind of genre here. So yeah, those are my thoughts so far on this game. I thought uh, it looked great. I'm really actually interested in it. I'm not sure if I will be there day one. I might be. I think it's really going to depend for me if uh, other friends are playing it and there are other people I can talk to about it and stuff like that because uh, my my gaming has become pretty social. Like where if I'm going to play at all, I'm usually playing with friends or unless I'm streaming. So if you're watching this and you want to see me stream this, then let me know because that helps me determine if I should use and allocate funds to it or not. Uh, but yeah, we also had some write-ins here from some of the Legionnaires that I wanted to bring up because uh, I wanted you guys to write in and tell me what you thought of it over on our Discord and on Twitter. If you guys ever want to uh, shoot me anything, please do it over there. I'm at JimmyGood013. But uh, the first one we got in, we got it from Zora Caviar, a.k.a. Caden, who I mentioned earlier today. He said, first off, uh, I asked people, um, you know, what their input was and all their questions. And he said, weapons still clip into clothing, zero out of ten. Just kidding, just kidding. Or JK, JK. He says, one thought that pops into my head. The way the dungeons are structured in this game is basically how I wanted them to be in Breath of the Wild. Hey, there we go. It'll be interesting to see if Breath of the Wild does dungeons and how they will compare to Elden Ring's dungeons. Ooh. Um, he put a few questions in here too, but uh, let me answer that first one. I think... Uh, They'll still be physics-based to a degree, but I think they'll still have more of a classic vibe. There'll probably be less of them. There probably won't be a bunch of little ones in Breath of the Wild. But I would imagine uh, they'll have more of that emphasis of, like, there's a boomerang in here. You need it to defeat the whole place kind of thing. I, I would, Or you get some new Sheikah Slate ability that you can only get in that dungeon. I wouldn't be surprised. Next question, or the questions he poses is this. I wonder if any of the overworld bosses are mandatory or if they are all optional and he says what treasures do they guard Ooh, great questions and then he says is the pot man an actual animated pot or a man in a pot mech okay lots of questions here okay um i think these might be rhetorical but i still want to try to answer them i'm guessing that most of those overworld bosses will be optional and when they die the treasure will just drop you know, whatever it is, whatever they have on them. Or it might be a map fragment or something that puts it on the map and is like, hey, like I found this thing on them after they died and this is where their hideout is or whatever or their their castle or whatnot. Uh, that's a that's a great question, though. And then uh, Treasures of the Guard, we kind of got that. And then he says, is Potman actually animated pot or a man in a pot mech? I'm, you know, I think, again, that might be more rhetorical. I'm thinking animated pot, though. You know, that way they don't have to do any um, lip syncing, which... For the one guy, well, I talked to a few people. Um, the lip syncing out of cinematics, still not, still not a priority for From Software. Uh, and then he sent some more feelings after I kind of asked him a little bit. He said, "Between co-op and the new summoning mechanic for enemy spirits, I think this game might have the potential to be the easiest Souls game for newcomers. Just a theory, as we don't know exactly how co-op or the spirit system will work yet." Anyway, in my book, that's a good thing. Lower the barrier to entry, keep the skill ceiling high, attract new fans, everybody wins. I totally agree. I love it. Yeah, no, we don't need gatekeeping. Gatekeeping is the thing we see a lot in many facets of humanity, but it's like, no, we should all be able to enjoy games together. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, the J-Strom writes and he says, 
While I've never played a Souls game, I think this game looks pretty amazing, and I can't deny that I kind of want to play. So if there's any kind of setting that would get me to play this... To play, it's this game. I think it looks pretty amazing. Bring forth the Elden Ring. Excellent. Cool. Well, there you go, guys. There's kind of my thoughts briefly on that and your thoughts, too. If you're listening to this on YouTube, please post your thoughts down below what you think of it, good or bad or in between or whatever it might be. Or if you're listening to this anywhere else, like I said, you can tweet at me. I would honestly love to hear what you have to say because I I really do want to talk to people about it because I think it's really fun for people who are longtime fans of the franchise, like what is in it that is like maybe new and compelling or maybe kind of um, gives you pause. You know, because I've noticed a few of the same, you know, animations and uh, (laughs) audio moments or I should say audio clips and things. So there's still that kind of souls, you know, undercurrent here for sure. But definitely maybe more of a focus on storytelling, too. I don't know. George R. R. Martin's attached and it looked like there's a lot more kind of stuff in the forefront of this game that, that, I don't know, seems like a more... um, brimming narrative as it were like you see like all these bodies kind of strewn about and you're kind of like oh okay what happened here again not that souls games haven't had that in the past but it just looked more overt here i think is the way i want to put that anyway i want to move into that next segment of the show that i like to call that you like to call that we all like to call time killers that's right it's time for time killers yeah uh I have been killing time with a few things here. It's been a few weeks, so uh, let me just kind of briefly give you the rundown. I saw the Haunted Mansion um, Halloween special with the Muppets. Pretty good stuff. I really love Gonzo, uh, and I also like John Stamos, who's in there for a bit. It was pretty neat. There was a lot of, obviously, references to Haunted Mansion. Uh, I still, I was like thinking, well, they should do one on Pirates of the Caribbean, but they've already made Muppet Treasure Island, and Muppet Treasure Island's still my favorite. I think of all of the Muppet movies I've seen so far, but it's pretty good. So if you like the Haunted Mansion or the Muppets or both, I would recommend checking it out. I also saw Dune in theaters. Uh, The theater I saw it in, though, we were sitting in the far back and it was a smaller screen. So it wasn't like that true like Dune experience people were talking about. Uh, I thought it was a decent setup. Beautiful visuals. Uh, the The music was very loud. Uh, it's very Hans Zimmer-ish because it is Hans Zimmer. Uh, but it's very like there's sometimes it kind of pops up uh, and it surprises you. But I'm really curious to see where it goes next because this felt very much like a movie that's teeing up the future. Um, although uh, I think a lot of I don't know. I, I don't know what the consensus is on Dune right now. It seems like a lot of people are enjoying it, which is great. Um, but I would love to hear from you guys what you think. But it's a very long movie. And if you liked Blade Runner 2049, um, same director, Danny Villeneuve, where uh, I think it's very deliberately paced and very slow burn. So keep that in mind. This is not like an action-packed um, kind of like kind of feeling faster than it is movie. Like, for comparison, uh, I think of other movies that kind of set up stuff in the future. And I think of, like, Lord of the Rings and Fellowship of the Ring. But that one moves so quickly, and there's so much that's happening, and there's so many different, you know, characters you're meeting and new locations and things. When it's done, you realize it was a long film, but you're also like, well, I want, like, the next part. This feels like they're just getting to, like, the really meaty stuff that's going to be coming up in the future. 
but it's also available on HBO Max, so you could watch it at home if you wanted to as well. But I kind of got um, invited to something, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go out and see it in theaters. That'd be cool. Uh, I haven't seen a movie in theaters for a while. Uh, but also, I've been rewatching. I've gotten, gotten sucked back into My Hero Academia. Uh, <laughs> I just finished up the most recent season, and I just kind of, I was like, I'll just pop back and maybe throw it on in the background and, you know, do other things while I'm, I have this great anime on. And then I just get um enamored and i'm gripped i am just i just stare at it like there's nothing i can do when that show's on i just have to watch it it's that good i think it's one of the greatest anime of all time i love it so much it it speaks to me it um yeah i adore it i adore it so much uh yeah (laughs) and i've also been playing a lot of battlefield 5 believe it or not it was on game pass and i was like yeah I, i think i played the beta and uh i decided to kind of hop on and play through some of the campaign stuff, which was fun. And then I uh, got my buddies to re-download it because they're like, why do we ever stop playing this? And we've been playing a lot of it. And it is fun. It can be very frustrating sometimes um, just because tanks are really strong, uh, as tanks are. But, uh, man, there's some people who have been playing this for a while, and they're just they're very good. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to Battlefield 2042. I think I might pick that up for streaming, um, you know, just to play for you guys um, and also to play myself. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that and a bunch of other stuff like Halo Infinite's coming down the pipeline too. a very, very different first person shooter, but still really. Oh, man, that game. Ooh, from the beta I played. Ooh, so great. And I'm going to try uh, Forza um, Horizon 5, is it? The next Forza game's coming out um, right before uh, this show or right as the show is coming out, basically. And uh, I'm looking forward to trying that out and showing it off to you guys via the Game Pass. Man, the Game Pass is nuts. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything I have for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for understanding. I know the channel has been very hodgepodgey lately. A ton of Disneyland vlogs, just because that's close. They're easier for me to do. And I've been working a bunch. Uh, <laughs> so I appreciate it. This uh, channel, man, it's just it's all over the place, but I will continue to do the podcast. I'm going to try to get back onto a weekly schedule with this if I can. And uh, please, please, please send in ideas, topics, even if it's stuff from the past. If I get like one or two people who like really want me to talk about something that came out a while ago or whatever else, uh, please let me know. I need to get caught up on the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I've missed like the last like uh, Shang-Chi and like Eternals is coming out and I haven't uh, just like I've. I don't know. I haven't seen any of this stuff. I feel bad, <laughs> but I will watch uh, Shang Chi. Shang Chi. I don't. I don't know what to say. Um, I want to say Shang, but I think it's Shang. But either way, I heard that was a great movie, so I'm really excited to watch that. But yeah, uh, please send in ideas if you have them. Also, a huge thank you, a huge huge thank you to our patrons who make this show possible. Uh, you guys are fantastic. Thank you for supporting. Me, if you want, uh, you know, you're already supporting the channel just by listening. Um, but if you want to support monetarily, you can check us out at patreon.com slash critical reviews. That would uh, that'd be great. But if you want to support the channel in free ways, like just liking this or sharing this truly, that's like a free way to do that and help help out the channel. That helps a ton. Uh, but you can find me. I'm at JimmyGood013 on Twitter or at GoCritical. And yeah, I'm streaming over on Twitch. We've got merchandise. We got all that stuff down the links on YouTube down below. But uh, if you're just listening to this, then uh, yeah, you can check out those things. Like I said, Twitter, YouTube channel, all that, all that jazz. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you guys listening in and just hanging out with me. It really does mean a lot. 
And I'm going to try to get um, more people to come on the show in the future. But right now, it's just been so hectic. So I was just like, I'll just try to pop on and, you know, keep doing it, even if it's just me. Uh, but if you guys have any, um, you know, wants for the future, not only for shows, but for guests, let me know. Either way, thank you guys so much for being here today. I hope you have a lovely rest of your week, weekend, day, night, whatever it is. And until next time, just remember to adapt and overcome. <laughs>